0: Hello everyone, it's Bombs Away time yet again, and uh, I want to apologize first of all about uh, kind of the lack of some episodes lately, I do want to be posting a lot more, Uh, it's just been hard to kind of sit down and collect my thoughts about these twins, but we're going to do more of it, but uh, first off, uh, when I make notes for each podcast, what I do is I kind of have one word that kind of describes my general feeling on the twins before I come into to a podcast uh, you know if they uh 1 5 in a row you know i say positivity if they have a couple guys get hurt i say you know scared or or something like that kind of to describe my general tone of how i want to feel coming into a podcast and right now uh you know it, it, the top of it was death <laughs> exclamation point uh because As we last checked on our Minnesota Twins, they were reeling from losing three out of four against the Yankees. And I said, hey, that doesn't matter. If you can come out and you can have a strong series at home against Cleveland, then you know what? Things will work out. And of course, just to make me look stupid, the Twins decide to lose three games in a row. They decide to do that on me. They decide to not only lose three games in a row, but they lose three games in a row at home. They lose three games in a row against Cleveland. And by the way, this series, and we talked about it in the last podcast, so everybody was hyping up, oh my gosh, you need to just believe in the Twins, and you need to just, there are some, I mean, Lavelli Neal, writer for the Star Tribune, was one who really kind of led that charge. There were other people. I'm not saying it was directly him, or he's the only one in it, because he's a Chicago guy. So he's saying like, look at these White Sox fans. Yeah, their team's not that good this year, but like, they're still showing up and they're still rooting, tooting, scooting, whatever around the ballpark, uh, and where twins fans are kind of checking out. They're like, Hey, the Vikings are playing. We think they're going to be pretty good. Or, Hey, I only get a couple more weeks left at the cabin, or I just don't really want to spend the money on a twins game this weekend. If the team is not very good, like everybody who said, Hey, you got to forget all that. And you just got to believe you just got to get behind your team. And I believe that by the way. And you heard me on the podcast last week, talk about how, look, he's, they're not wrong that's not generally wrong, but also like the team can, the team it's okay for a a baseball team or any sporting franchise to earn the right for you to get excited about them. And the twins for the first two months of the season had us very excited, even through the first, even for the next two months about to the all-star break. Yeah. They hadn't quite gotten where they needed to, but like they could, they'll be all right. They'll figure things out, get to the all-star break and this division isn't that good. And then they kept collapsing. And then when they're in this September collapse, why, if you're a Twins fan, do you want to spend your hard-earned money to go to a ball club that's cratering? That's my only thing. Uh, and the Twins fans do come to ball games. When the Twins win, they come, and that's not being a fair-weather fan. That's saying like for the last ten years, the Twins have largely been a bad baseball organization. So forgive me if the fans are jaded. That being said, remember, by the way, Twins fans in the early 20 teens, in the 2012s and the 2013s, 2011. They were expected to be a good team in 2011. 2012, 2013, they weren't. But people still came to the ballpark. People liked the Twins. People liked Target Field, or they wanted to see it for the first time. I mean, you look. There were some Twins games in 2012 when everybody knew they were going to be bad. The ballpark was still full. It had been Target Field's third season. So fans come to the ballpark. They do like the Twins. But at the same time, when they've had so many years of being bad in between, and then they got good again, they did. Uh, and then they just kind of have this flop of a season. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a reason not many people want to get involved, or there's a reason that that happens. This isn't to rip on the Twins but not a poll ads are cheap, don't go to the ballpark, whatever. I love Target Field. I love to go to games. I wish I could go to games more often, but I live two and a half to three hours away from the cities. I'm just not going to be able to do that all the time. Whenever I want to go to a game, I have to, like, do it on a weekend, and I have to make sure, like, I gotta plan it, like, a couple weeks ahead, there's no spontaneous twins game trips for me, uh, like, there are for some other people, uh, but, anyway, that's beside the point, I just want to get that out of the way, because everybody made it, like, a big deal, like, oh my gosh, guys, so you need to get behind the twins, you need to do this, and then the twins respond by, like, yeah, I mean, they didn't say anything, but, you know, it's, it's like, all right, Twins, here's your chance. Prove yourselves. Make everybody, Prove everybody wrong. Get everybody to the ballpark in these last few weeks of the season. And then their offense is like, no, nah, we're okay. And Dylan Bundy gives up seven runs. I don't think he quite gave up seven, but he gave up a lot of runs early against the Guardians. The first game was an hour delay. It was on Apple TV. It was all just messed up from the start, and the Twins lost against the Guardians, and then they lost the next two games because their offense didn't show up. When you had Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, and Josh Winder, only one starting pitcher I really feel comfortable with pitching well enough to win the Twins a ballgame, and it's a rookie. And that should let you know how bad the Twins have been in that back end of the rotation all season, because I've said this before and I'll say it again, they were not expecting Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer to be on this baseball team right now, and especially not in the roles that they're in of being starting pitchers. So whatever, the Twins lose three games in a row. They were five games back of Cleveland, and that was that. Death. The season's over. Pack it up. Maybe they can make a run, but now I'm operating not under the assumption that yeah, the twins will figure out a way to get into the postseason. Right now I'm operating under the assumption that the Minnesota Twins are gonna miss the postseason, that they're not gonna make it. I'm under that assumption right now. I've been under that assumption since Sunday. And once that's been put to bed, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm just I'm gonna watch the twins. I'm gonna pay attention to them, but I am not like on the edge of my seat, like, come on, let's get back into the playoff race kind of thing. I'm just watching. To see what happens in these final few weeks. And then they go and they sweep the Kansas City Royals. And there's a bit of controversy in that. As Joe Ryan pitched seven shutout innings. Seven no-hit innings. Only gave up two walks. And had 106 pitches. And was pulled after the seventh inning. Which of course led to much wailing and gnashing of teeth. And consternation of the Twins fan base. And I kind of tend to agree with them a little bit. Now here's the deal both sides kind of have a point for the to pull Joe Ryan or to not pull Joe Ryan. There's a lot of Twins fans out there who are like, Joe Ryan should have stayed in the game and you stat nerds, you don't see it, you don't whatever. And then there's other people who say Joe Ryan should have obviously been pulled and you guys are just idiot fans if you don't agree. and Whatever. I'm not, I, I think there's credence to both sides. I would have let Ryan stay in the game. Personally, if I were Rocco Baldelli, I would have let him stay in the game. Now Rocco's case for pulling Joe Ryan in a no hit bid against the Kansas City Royals, a team that you could have no hit. It wasn't like you somehow got the New York Yankees no hit through seven and maybe you'll pull it out. It's like, no, 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 this is the Kansas City Royals. They're not a good baseball team. You have a chance to do it. So I would say, let him go. Uh, Rocco Baldelli, the manager, he said, well, we have a game. He he's going to pitch in this big Cleveland series coming up this weekend, which we're going to preview in a second. Once I get done talking about Ryan here, um, is hey he's got to pitch in that series. Why would we want to? Why would we want to waste him? Why would we want to make him throw more pitches? Why would we want to stress out his arm? This game against the Royals, we're up six to nothing in the eighth inning. Why would I? Why would I do that? What's how would it be smart? For a baseball team for us to do that. Yeah, it stinks. I would like to see him. I'm paraphrasing Rocco here. I would like you know, Rocco would like to see him go into this game and get a no hitter, but at the same time, you know, they're still they're still technically we're in a playoff race trying to get back into there. So uh I mean that that's Rocco's perspective. And like he's the manager. He has to make those tough decisions, he has to be the bad guy sometimes. He's the boss, he's a boss. You have to sometimes tell your coworker, Hey man, I need you to come in on a Saturday and you don't want to come in. And he knows you don't want to come in. And you know, when I worked in TV, uh, before I got back into radio, uh, I, I, you know, there'd be a breaking news happening like an hour before you're about to leave. And there's an extra hours worth of work. And you know, the guy looks at you and he just says, look, man, I know this stinks, but like, you got to go do it. You have to do this for your job and whatever. And that's the whole point of Joe Ryan. My point though, is Rocco, and I'm not trying to get into the basic fan argument of rock head and all that kind of stuff, but it feels a little bit like managing from the spreadsheet where it's like, you look at the pitch count, you look at the innings and you kind of like pitch count on the up to down. And then uh, inning on the left to right. And you kind of go meet in the middle and it says pull pitcher. And that's what he did. I would have liked to see Joe Ryan pitch that game. And here's why it's the Royals. They're a bad baseball team. Second of all, Joe Ryan's been a stud rookie. He has been good this season. He has stayed healthy throughout. And, uh, there's a stat here. I want to pull up, uh, from Chris Chad, who does some writing for zone coverage. He does some good work. Um, He was talking about uh, Joe Ryan's speed and uh, his pitch speed and kind of what happens uh, when he throws it. He says Ryan's previous career high in pitches came on August 9th when he threw 110 against the Dodgers Um, and all that kind of stuff. And basically uh, what he says is that Ryan's velocity – Uh, Ryan's hardest pitch against the Royals came when he faced Bobby Witt Jr. in the 7th inning. Four of his five hardest pitches came after the 6th inning. And basically, this wasn't a case of Joe Ryan losing steam. He was actually getting stronger as the game went on. Baldelli trying to save his arm, I get that. But all I'm saying is, he's grooving. It's the Royals. It's a team you should beat. And it's a team that really could get no hit. They're not a good ball club. And let him finish it because he's been a stud rookie pitcher. His arm is going to be fine. You can't uh, the twin uh, the Twins can't keep babying these starting pitchers because, like they've babied a lot of with the pitchers and maybe babyed maybe that's too harsh. But they've been so conservative with some of these pitchers, and it doesn't matter. Chris Archer still goes on the IL even though they throw him four innings. I know Chris Archer. It's not so much to keep him healthy, but more just that's his max effectiveness. But even still, uh, Josh Winder, they didn't throw him a ton. He still went on the IL. Bailey Ober didn't throw a ton last year because they were trying to save him. He's on the IL and he didn't throw many pitches this season. So I don't, I'm sure that there are stats and I'm sure there are things and I'm sure common knowledge maybe even says it protects him. But it's one of those things where it's in football. You know, sometimes you have to tackle in practice. You're sometimes you have to do these things that put yourself out on a limb, but put you in a better position to win. And just really, if you look at Joe Ryan's face, he did not want to get taken out. And this is maybe my biggest point for why Joe Ryan should have stayed in the game is Joe Ryan was on the verge of history, baseball history. The twins haven't thrown a no hitter since Francisco Liriano in 2011. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think they've thrown a no-hitter at home since Eric Milton. This has been a long time. And Joe Ryan, I know no-hitters are fluky. I know there's some people on Twitter who say no-hitters are fluky, so it doesn't really matter. You know, Philip Humber's thrown a perfect game. You ever heard of Philip Humber? You remember him? Yeah, he threw a perfect game with the White Sox. But it's random. I get it. But it's also historic. It's a historically random Thing and do you think like Joe Ryan when he got pulled, his face you just see the emotion leave his face. Now, he said all the right things in the post game presser. He said, Look, I understand why Rocco took me out. I want you know, I want to stay in the game because I'm a competitor. And Rocco will say, You know, we want guys who are competitors and we want guys who stay in the game and we want guys who, whatever, whatever. Everybody said the right things after the ball game, but Joe Ryan was mad. There was a post game interview with Bally where he was just uninterested and. Look, that's history. You got to let him go for it. There's a quote by Theo Epstein, who was the old GM of the Chicago Cubs when they won the World, president of baseball ops when they won the World Series. And he now works inside Major League Baseball. And he made a comment when he left the Cubs and he joined the the, the uh, major league baseball league office and he said there there is a point where we've sometimes gotten so analytical and I'm a big analytics guy if you see any of my writing I, I like I use the deep stats I trust them whatever it's that sometimes baseball has leaned so hard into the analytics that it makes the sport less fun. It's the thing of you know you play it to a spreadsheet so much that you take away the a little bit of the human element of the game, or you take away some things that people have loved about baseball. Stealing bases, no hitters, uh, just all these different things that baseball has, you know, uh, bunting. Uh, bunting is not that much fun, but like squeeze bunting or doing all... The, there's just a bunch of different stuff that baseball has taken away or at least minimized that some people grew up with and made the game exciting and is why they liked the game. And now it's just gone. It's not there, or at least it's so different that it doesn't feel like the same baseball game to them, and it's turned off fans, and it's not exciting enough. I get chicks dig the long ball. They do, but at the same time, a home run doesn't make up. Hitting more home runs doesn't completely make up for some of the holes in this game. We're going to get to a little bit more on this, but my final point was Joe Ryan was mad, and baseball has gotten themselves to a point where they're so worried about, sometimes the numbers where they don't look at the human element. These are still people. And these are, like, Joe Ryan was a guy who wanted that. Let him get that opportunity to do it. I I don't know. It just, it makes me mad because Joe Ryan has been a guy who's pitched his butt off this whole season. He's not an ace, but, and maybe he'll never be one, but he's still been a very solid rookie. This is his first full big league season, and he has pitched tremendously. ERA under four. uh, There's room to grow still. Joe Ryan's going to be a good pitcher. And the twins made him mad. Like, he's mad. Now, maybe he's fine now, but the thing is, what happens if the twins keep playing Ryan like this and contract time comes up and he wants to bail? Because why? I'm going to go somewhere that trusts me to pitch. Why? If you're a free agent pitcher, like a Justin Verlander, a Carlos Rodon, a whoever, if now maybe the twins are only doing this this season and they change their ways, but if you're a free agent pitcher, Are you going to believe the Twins when they say that? You just saw the Twins only pitch their guys five innings. Sonny Gray is a league vet, and I know Sonny Gray... I've said before on this podcast that Sonny Gray hasn't really pitched well enough to go beyond the fifth inning a lot. I stand by that statement, but there's a little bit of thing... It's the give and take of things, where it feels like the Twins are so quick to pull the hook on starting pitchers that... Even may, even though it may not be as bad as it is around baseball, anecdotally, it is going to stick in the minds of a lot of players. And if the Twins are going to want to sign pitching, if Carlos Correa doesn't come back and you have 30 more million dollars to spend on pitching, those top arms aren't going to sign with you. Verlander is not going to sign with you if the Twins are going to pull him. Now, they won't pull him after five, but if they're going to pull him after six every single time or something, that's going to be a problem. So, I don't know. Maybe this isn't a problem. Maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill. But Joe Ryan had a chance for a no-hitter. And the Twins robbed him of that opportunity. He was at 106 pitches. I get it. I get the need to pull him out. I'm not saying it's wrong to pull him out. But at the same time, he had a no-hitter. And you want people to come to your ballparks? Have a chance to see a guy throw a complete game no-hitter. You want people to show up to your ballparks, make the game more exciting. And you can't always play it on the spreadsheets. But speaking of playing it on the spreadsheets, let's take a look at uh, the next five games against the Cleveland Guardians. As they are going to uh, have the biggest series of the year. We talked about how last week was the biggest series of the year. Well, now it's this one. I'm recording this a couple hours before uh, the Twins and the Guardians square off. So if you're listening to this and they've already played Game One or they're already in the middle of it, whatever, uh, it's five games. I think one is going to be fine. If you don't, you, you, you'll still get the gist of the series. Now, five game series are being played this year because of the lockout, and they're trying to make up for the uh, the lack of games that they, uh, the amount of games that they missed in the first week to couple weeks of the season. So it's led to five-game series. Now, they look like four-game series on paper. The Twins are coming in on a Friday, and they'll be here on Monday. It's a wraparound series, but Saturday is a day-night doubleheader. So, or at least it's a doubleheader. I'm not sure if it's day-night or if it's just a a traditional doubleheader. Either way, uh, the Twins have five games, and they have two on Saturday. So, five games in four days. This one is going to decide the division. I know we've talked about how the three-game series in Minnesota was important. That was important because it was on your home field, and the Twins absolutely blew it. But this was always the more important series. It's five games. It's on the road. This is your biggest chance to try and pull things back in. What are you going to do if you're the Minnesota Twins? Now, I've already said, they're on the outside looking in. I'm assuming they're not making the playoffs. But if the Twins want any hope, any hope of getting back in this thing they have to have a good series against the Cleveland Guardians and the thing about Cleveland is they're they've been playing well they had a series against the Angels I believe they took care of business they won two out of three or either they swept Um, and the Twins swept Kansas City to get back into this thing So, again, the Twins have pulled themselves back just enough. They're four games back of Cleveland in a five-game series. Theoretically, if they sweep the Guardians in five games, they will be in first place. Now, I don't think the Twins are going to sweep the Guardians. I would love them to. But I don't even think it matters if they sweep. They need to win at least three out of their next five games if they want any shot of getting back in this thing. And even winning three games might not put you in a good position. The Twins can't afford to lose ground over the next five days. So they ha- even if it's incremental, they'll still have to gain a little bit of ground. I I don't know what to expect in this Twins series. you look at uh, kind of the probables for this one. Bailey Ober expected to come back from Minnesota. That's been a welcome sign. That's going to help a lot. It's been the, kind of the long-awaited return for him um, to come back to this Twins team. Um, but still, I, I mean, just with this five game series coming up, it's going to be Ober's going to get to pitch Winder's going to get to pitch. You're going to have Dylan Bundy. You're going to have uh sunny gray and Joe Ryan. You're going to have all five of your starters pitch. And now maybe with the, and of course with the double header, you get to call up a pitcher. Maybe Louis Varlin makes a start somewhere in there as well, uh, that they can use, but it's just going to be an interesting series with how this all plays out the twins are gonna to have to pitch better I think that's obvious Cleveland has been not heating up but they've just been winning enough games to stay in front of first place and Terry Francona is a good manager he gets his ball clubs ready to play every single night the twins are not just going to be able to skate by the Cleveland Guardians they're going to have to outplay them for five games in a row or at least go in there trying to outplay them five games in a row because Terry Francona gets his guys ready to play. They are going to be ready for this one. It's at home. They know the implications of this. They have a chance to bury the Twins if they have a good series here. They have a chance to kick the Twins immediately out of the running. Chicago's still kind of hanging around, but I can't quite tell if they're ever going to get back in this thing truly or not. I know they're a game ahead of the Twins, but I don't know. They always kinda, they've always kind of they been hovering around that second place mark all season. But the Luis Arise is back. He's... Uh, in the lineup for this series. Carlos Correa has been heating up over the last week. Week and a half. So that's good to see for the Twins. They need Carlos Correa to step up. I said last week in an article for zone coverage. Luisa Rice is the most important player the Twins need. Because he gets guys on base. He keeps the line moving. He's just kind of that churner for this ball club. But Jorge Polanco potentially could come back. He's starting at second base for St. Paul tonight. And there's a good chance that he comes to Cleveland at some point in the series. I would just get him to Cleveland uh, and just see what happens. But whatever, they're they're going to wait a couple games. Uh, another interesting note is that Matt Walner is on the taxi squad now. So Matt Walner, who's a Twins prospect, could potentially be pretty darn close to To getting into the big leagues. Matt Wallner was a Twins prospect, had his name floated a little bit in trades, don't know how serious it ever got to dealing him. But Matt Wallner is an outfielding prospect. He's from Forest Lake High School. He was drafted by the Twins in the 32nd round in 2016, and then uh, he did not, uh, he elected to go to college, and he played college for Southern Mississippi. Uh, For those who don't know, this is where Brett Favre went to college, and uh, Now got involved in a welfare scheme, but that's beside the point. Uh, Southern Mississippi. Uh, But he got drafted by the Twins in the first round, well, 39th overall, uh, on the 2019 MLB draft by the Twins again. So the Twins have liked him. He's a Forest Lake native, Minnesota native, having a chance to come back to the Twins. Uh, If you look at his slash line in Wichita, he absolutely destroyed the ball in double-A, had a 299 average uh, 436 on base. His OPS is over 1,000 in AA this year. And then you look at his OPS in AAA, it goes down a little bit naturally because the pitching's better. Uh, but he still has an OPS, and on-base plus slugging of 839, which is a very good number. That's a good number. Uh, if you were that in the major leagues, that would be above average. Now, granted, how does he do against major league pitching? We'll have to see. But who would you rather have? Mark Contreras or Matt Wallner? No offense to Mark Contreras, but Matt Walner showed way more upside through the minor leagues this season, and Matt Walner, he's been out of high school for as long as Alex Kiriloff has, so Matt Walner deserves a shot to get into Major League Baseball. He's old enough, he's ready, you don't have anything to lose by putting him in this position. See what you have for next year, even if he things don't pan out. Now, you got to slowly work him in, you're not just going to all of a sudden play him every day, but... You know, give him, a, give him a start in one of these five-game series. Find a way to work him on to the roster. I think it's depending on what happens with Max Kepler uh, and if he's hurt and if he goes on the IL, uh, then they would bring in Matt Wallner, I think is the way that would go. But Jake Cave is a veteran. I'm not a big Jake Cave guy, but he's shown enough at-bats to at least hang around. But, like, Mark Contreras, Celestino, some of those guys, you know, Matt Wallner can at least be a little bit of a boon into uh, into this lineup uh, for the Twins. Now, he's a lefty, so he kind of would replace that Max Kepler role in the in the lineup, but still, uh, that's kind of where things sit at that point with Matt Walner. But what the Twins are going to need to do, again, we talked about, they're going to need to hit. They're going to need to just hit the ball because... They're pitching, I think if they have Ober back, I know he made some rehab starts, but still, it won't be a for sure thing, and you can definitely bet the Twins are going to be very conservative with his innings limit uh, in that game, but that means, if you're the Twins, we talked about the lineup, needs to produce more, they need to produce more in clutch situations, they need to score more early. Those sound like really basic things, and maybe they are, but the Twins haven't been doing them lately, and so they're going to need to start doing them if they want to get back into this thing, if they want to kind of... If they want that lineup to be respected again, I know they're hurt to heck and back. I get it, but that's not an excuse if you want to still compete for the playoffs. If you want to be done and you want to quit, then you can have that excuse. But if you want to keep playing, you're going to have to suck it up and figure it out. Now, on the pitching side of things, Rocco's going to have to trust his starters a little bit more. The Twins had a day off on Monday, but they're going to need... They, they have five games in four days. They're going to need to try and stretch their starters to go maybe an inning more at a time. Maybe try and see if they can get through an extra batter. Maybe whatever. Manage the bullpen arms a little bit better. It's going to be hard because they're going to have to ride that fine line of, oh boy, you know, I want to bring Duran in to close this down, but I know tomorrow I really want to use Duran. So, there's going to be some situations, or Lopez, or Fulmer, Thielbar, whatever kind of top-end starting, or whatever top-end reliever the Twins want to bring in, they're going to need to be careful on that. So, I think letting your starters go more. Now, the starters have to earn it, by the way. I think all this talk with the starters being pulled too early, I think it also comes with the, uh, it's a two-way street. The starters need to pitch deeper in the games, but the starters also do need to earn that opportunity to pitch a little bit deeper. As I mentioned a a few podcasts ago, the Twins pitchers want to pitch deeper into games, and that's great. They need to earn it a little bit more, too. They need to pitch just a little bit better to be trusted to get through that fifth and sixth inning. Just even getting through six innings changes the dynamic of what the twins are going to have to ask their bullpen and just how they can do in this series. So, uh, that's going to be big. Basically the twins need to score early and they need to trust their pitchers to hit, or they need to trust their pitchers to go deeper into ball games. Those are the two big things in this Cleveland series that I think they're going to need to do if they want to be able to win this one. This is a big series. Uh, this is basically going to tell us if we need to care about the twins, because for the last week i've been in the mode of yeah the twins and the twins need to earn it they need to earn it now granted they swept kansas city pretty convincingly i might add a little bit of trouble on thursday night but they took care of business and they won they swept the royals yeah the royals are bad getting a sweep in baseball is still hard and so they got 3 they got 3 wins in a row that's that's what they needed to do winning 2 out of 3 would have been fine but you needed to win games and they did that because Cleveland won a lot of their games this week. They lost to Chicago yesterday, which allowed the Twins to go from five games back to four games back. So there's an opportunity. You don't need to win all five games. Win at least three. I think that's my, my goal. I'm not saying you need to win four and five. Win at least three. And let's see what happens. Because if you can get within three games, that's within a striking distance of a series. You will be done playing Cleveland after these five games. The problem is because the Twins can't afford to lose ground. And if they're going to gain ground, they need to try and gain a lot because Cleveland is playing the AL Central. As much as everybody talks about how easy the Twins' schedule is because outside of a series against the Angels, they're playing nobody but the American League Central for the rest of the season. After these five games in Cleveland, they go to Kansas City for three games. That's two wins if they play well enough, potentially three. But it doesn't matter if Cleveland's going to go play Detroit because they're going to get the same amount of wins too. So, and the Twins have a couple series with the White Sox. I'm not sure how many games between the White Sox that Cleveland has, but it's still, you have to you have to get these games now. These head-to-head games are important. Keep in mind as well, there is no game 163, and the Twins have not, are not ahead in the season series against Cleveland. Now that can change if they have a good series this weekend, but there's no game 163. There is no tiebreaker game. It is squarely just about head-to-head record if the twins tie with the Guardians at the end of the regular season. And then the secondly it falls the division record. So these games against Cleveland are important, even if they don't even if they don't get back into first place at the end. It's still important to get as much as you can, stay within striking distance, continue to put the pressure on Cleveland. Don't let them think they can just run away with this division. That's got to be your thought if you're the Twins. Uh, but they've put themselves in such a bad position thanks to getting... not and The New York series was bad. That was bad. But we all kind of expected them to lose three out of four to New York. We all kind of expected that. Who raised their hand and thought, huh, I think the Twins could win a four-game series in New York in September? Who thought that? Because th- they were drinking the Twins' Kool-Aid a little bit too much. So, I, uh, I it, what, what was really bad... Was that series against Cleveland? They just all three games. At no point did you think they were actually going to win the ball game. I know the Twins came back, but they were down in the in the Friday night game, but they were down seven runs. You're just not coming back from that outside of a miracle. So there's and there was no point in those next two games that the Twins really even tried to win those ball games. So that was the biggest letdown. If we look back on the end of this year, there's a few moments that killed them. But outside of all that, one of the series that killed them the most out of this entire season was the last weekend's against Cleveland at home. That was your prime advantage to try and get back in, and they failed. Now, they have another opportunity to try and make up for that, except this is on a bigger stage, and you're now on the road. And the Twins have not had a great road record, and they certainly haven't played well at progressive field this season. So it's going to be, let's just say, an interesting series here for Minnesota. That being said, they've done what they needed to do this week. They swept the Royals. They've put themselves in a spot. They need to take advantage. Cleveland is going to want to put Barry the Twins. The Twins need to get back in this thing. It all comes down to these next five games. Twins pitchers need to go deeper into games. Twins hitters need to score early, get this offense going. One of the biggest things, string hits together string base runners together maybe is the better way to better way to phrase this get runners on base which the twins haven't had an issue doing but be able to bring them home and continue to put pressure on these pitchers all right well i think that's going to do it on the minnesota sports podcast we're going to do on breaking down the cleveland series when it's done we'll let these kind of next five games take their course unless something spectacularly good or bad happens but this is going to be a big series so let me hear what you think Give this podcast a like, share it. Let's get this thing rolling. Until next time, I'm CJ Baumgartner. This has been the Bombs Away, a Minnesota Twins podcast.